0: How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Serious Angler Podcast. For those that are new to the show, the Serious Angler Podcast is created to highlight the many passionate and dedicated anglers that we have in our fishing community, providing them a platform to share their story with the world. If you guys aren't already, please go down and subscribe to this YouTube channel. And if you don't wanna listen to the podcast through YouTube, you can find Serious Angler on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Check us out, thank you guys for watching. All right, so in today's podcast, we are having on Sam Sobey. Many of you guys would have seen him from YouTube. Um, If you do not know him, he is a young gentleman from the Minnesota area who does a lot of fishing, has a big presence on the YouTube game, Um, travels around doing a whole bunch of different stuff. He's just actually coming up from, I believe it was Florida, where he was doing a bunch of shark fishing, saltwater fishing, canals for largemouth, he does a whole bunch of different stuff, you know, uh, anything anyway, from ice fishing to saltwater to tournaments to, you know, whatever. The guy's very passionate about fishing. It's evident in his videos. That's what he prides himself on. Um, and he's, he's enjoyable to watch because while he is entertaining, he's, he's humorous, he's, he's got great friends that he fishes with. They're all hammers. Adam Bartusik, who we had on the podcast a few times, he's one of his buddies. You'll see him on Sam's uh, YouTube videos. He still can teach a lot. You can learn a lot from him. Uh, that's one thing I obviously have spoken about on this podcast is, is learning, um, You know, being informative. Um, he has a, a great way of coming off as an entertaining but in, as an informative YouTuber. You can learn a lot if you pay attention. Um, so I'm excited to have him on, talk about a bunch of different things, and uh, hope you guys enjoy. Let's get to it. All right, there he is. Sam Sobey, what's going on, man?
1: What's up, dude?
0: You ready or what?
1: I'm ready. Can you hear me good?
0: I can hear you. We got I
1: apologize. you. Apologize, I don't
0: have the Skype dial in, but I hope the phone call's okay. Oh, it's 100% okay, dude. Not a big deal. I do uh, I do this a lot with uh, some of the guys that are on the you know the elite series and MLF, you know, because they're traveling a lot, so they don't have time to sit down and Skype. So it's it is all good, my friend. How you doing?
1: Cool. I'm doing
0: good, dude. Are you doing good? I'm doing all right. New York's a little hectic, but uh, it is what it is. How are things in Minnesota? Things are good.
1: Where, whereabouts are you in New York?
0: So I'm in Rochester, which is just near Buffalo, so it's not too bad. You know, everybody no, they, thinks New York, they think of New York City, so it's not too bad up here, but we just don't want it to creep up north.
1: Is Yeah, I was going to say, is Rochester considered like upstate New York?
0: Yeah, it's pretty much in the same pool as Buffalo.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: It's it's not too bad. We're 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 staying. You know where we're we at. Like house wise, it's you know we're kind of technically out in the boonies, so it's kind of nice. But it's a twenty minute drive to the city where there's a little bit of chaos. But we're staying uh, staying out of the way of everything.
1: Nice, that's good. Well, hopefully you kind of like it. Kind of contains in the city there, and they just kind of <laughs> stop it there before it gets to you.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. No, I'm not trying to do that. Uh, my mother's one of those ones who are susceptible, so it's. <laughs> Does not fly in this house.
1: Yeah, that's serious business, bro.
0: Oh, 100%. But how's things in Minnesota with that whole deal?
1: Things are good. Um, I think as far as like that whole deal goes, uh, it's fairly contained in our state. There's not been too many deaths. And um, yeah, hopefully we just we kind of keep it that way too. But otherwise, it's been good. The, like weather's finally heating up. It's finally getting like semi-nice here. It's Arctic cold, so I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's getting better.
0: Yeah, you guys seem to be creeping up on some open water. I've been uh, paying attention. Uh, I know you you were looking the other day on your store. I've seen that on your Instagram. But, uh, yeah. Rich Lindgren has been posting about updates pretty much daily of uh, ice fading away.
1: Right, like it's so close to being fading away. And, like, Wisconsin, which is, like, our neighbor, obviously, um, they open up a catch and release season for Bass and Pike April 1st. So I know, like, a bunch of dudes, like, even though we're trying to, like, stay social distance, not supposed to travel much. Like I know a lot of dudes are going to creep over there to Wisconsin and like take advantage <laughs> of that. Do you guys have like restrictions or seasons for bass in New York?
0: No. So that's, what's kind of nice is we can fish for bass all year round, even if it's not season.
1: Dude, Let's see. That makes me so mad. Because, like, <laughs> I talked to everybody. Like I was on a couple different podcasts and a couple of the guys were from Ohio and one was from Idaho and like all over. And obviously you're from New York and like, Every one of them are like, what do you mean seasons for bass? I'm like, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm so surprised that Minnesota is one of the states that has that instated cuz you guys are like one of the biggest outdoor states, you know, when you th- when you come to think about it, like a hunting, fishing, right? overall, you think Minnesota, Michigan, that whole deal. It's kind of it's kind of shocking to me.
1: And I totally understand like I mean, the way people fish for walleye and stuff like that, like, they're susceptible to really get beat on in the spring. But, like, if you were to just, like, open up pike and bass for catch and release only in Minnesota, like, I I don't see why that would, like, harm anything. I really don't. So, dang, that makes me jealous that you can literally go out your front <laughs> doorstep tomorrow and go bass fishing.
0: Yeah, especially with how many bodies of water you guys have.
1: Right? That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, before we get... More into that, um, how I like to start every podcast is, you know, learning your story of kind of, you know, how you got into fishing. So for everybody, you know, listening, everybody watching, um, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself and then, you know, who got you into fishing and the whole story behind it.
1: Absolutely. Okay, before I, I start with that question, I'm going to fire a question at you Okay. for listeners that are potentially new or brand new. Because I got kind of like turned on to your content like a month ago. I want you to tell me where you're from. And how long you've had this podcast going and what gave you the idea to start a podcast that kinda is revolved around fishing, outdoorsmen, and I just yeah, fishing in general. Because I I haven't heard this story of you yet.
0: Okay, I like it. Starting it off with a question for me. I haven't had that yeah, yet. Absolutely. So essentially I started this in beginning of August. So I I did an internship. Um, I was out in Indiana working for the University of Notre Dame for an internship with their athletic department. And I knew I was going to be super busy. Um, You know, I wouldn't be able to actually fish too much. And um, essentially, I I was helping my buddy before I left for Indiana. Um, I was helping him repair some houses, do some housing construction, whatnot. And uh, we were on break one day, and I was scrolling through my Instagram. I'm telling him, like, dude, there's so many guys out there. Guys and girls that have these crazy cool, you know, um, social media page, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, what what have you, that have crazy good content, but you know, not many not many people see it. Or like, there's some big name that posts some stuff, but no one really kind of takes time to acknowledge it. So I was like, that'd be totally. kind of like be, that's like crazy. And he goes, dude, you should do a podcast. And like, I was like, at the point at that point in time, I'm like, what the heck is a podcast? Like, I had no right. idea what it was. And uh, yeah. uh, so he like got me onto it. Started watching like Joe Rogan and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, okay, this would be kind of cool. So he helped me set it up. And basically, it just started with you know taking guys that looked interesting, that seemed dedicated, seemed passionate about what they do, and just talking to them, listening to it. Because I love you know the next best thing to fishing is talking fishing. So it's absolutely to, to get guys on and learn about their story. It's pretty much you know. It's kind of like doc talk but you know you can do whenever you want and with people all over the country all over the world. So I was like, okay, and then pretty much just kept kept up with it and stuck with it and now we're on this will be episode 59. So we're Dang, dude. Yeah, so Dang. We're, we're getting there. Dang.
1: Okay, so and I want I want you to answer one more question before I jump okay. into it. It's like for and this is this is like for me too. I'm wondering this Anybody who's interested in starting a podcast, what do you need? Like, what's the bare bones that you need to start a podcast? Because I'd like to potentially start one of my own, and I have a couple buddies that would like to start one. Like, what's your setup, and, like, is it – I mean, is it kind of – I mean, fairly inexpensive to get into if you wanted to buy the bare bones stuff?
0: Oh, dude, 100%. I mean, essentially, if you want to go bare bones, like, if you want to – I mean, I guess it really kind of depends how long you want to go. Um, sure. Like, if you're going to do, like, you know, 15, 20-minute stuff, you could probably just simply just use your iPhone and then you use the Anchor app, which is what I use, and it kind of converts everything for you, and, and it literally, you post it to Anchor, and it, it disperses it to nine other applications for you. So it's super easy. Like, you don't have to do anything besides post it to Anchor, which is a simple file upload, you know, pretty much, like, uploading to YouTube, Pretty, like, you know, essentially. just a, It's a media, it's a, an MP3 file over, you know, a video. Um, but, I mean, if you have, like, a computer that has a webcam, you know, if you want to do, like, essentially what I do is where I talk to other people every podcast, you know, yeah. you could do something as simple as Skype because you can record from Skype. So totally. that So simple as that, you know. Or if you want to do it on your own, um, I'm trying to think of a good application. Um, I have what's called XSplit.
1: You, S- you would definitely say, like, once you have that MP4 file or MP3 file, like Anchor is the easiest way to kind of like project those files onto all those different platforms. 100%. Nice. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Super easy. When you download it, it's like, it might look kind of confusing at first, but once you just have your, you know, your video or your, your files in an MP3 format, super easy.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, man, everybody can do it. I want to, I want to see more podcasts showing up. I I love it. It gives me something to listen to and makes my work day go by a lot faster.
1: Totally. And, like, what's crazy to me is, like, fishermen are born for podcasts, 100%. Oh, my God, like, oh my God We're yeah. all <laughs> bullshitters. We all have fish stories. We all have like, we're always just, like, ready to tell the next story or one-up our buddies. Like, we literally have been born for podcasts <laughs> since our inception, and, like, I feel like fishing podcasts really haven't, like, hit the scene um, up to like, maybe a year ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think really that the the pioneers for it in the fishing realm has been what maybe you know Bass University, you know, Ike yeah. Live stuff like that. I think that. So,
1: yeah, them, I don't know how like how long is like Bass Talk Live been on. I don't know. Those are good podcasts too. That's good true. Good very
0: true. Yeah. There's there's a lot of them. You know, there's ones that are kind of fly under the radar that are really good. Totally. Yeah. But you know, pretty much you can find anything with podcasts now. It's kind of blowing up, which is pretty cool cuz I mean At least for me, you know, every time I'm driving now, I mean, I don't really listen to my Spotify music anymore. If I'm using Spotify, it's going to be my podcast. Right, like like Spotify
1: is good if I'm going down the road and I just want to like listen to a quick song like Spotify music. But like a podcast, if there's a trip that's like over an hour long, boom, podcast on, Spotify, like much, super cool.
0: So much easier. Yeah, your 10-hour drive became like three. Totally, dude, totally. 100%. Yeah, so let's let's get into it, man. If you don't have any more questions, let's let's hear your story.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so your first question was how I got into fishing initially?
0: Yeah, so like who got you, who introduced you, you know, what's the story of your first time fishing?
1: Um, totally. Okay, well, first and foremost, um, maybe you, you did or maybe you didn't, I'll introduce myself. My name is Sam Sobe. Uh, I'm from Minnesota, just kind of a Midwest boy. I love fishing. I love filming. Um, I love turning bass fishing. I love hunting. I love anything in the outdoors. And I guess kind of who got me into fishing would probably be, like, my mom and my dad probably initially, like, got me into fishing, like, just the original putting a worm on a bobber, tossing out there, catching sunfish, and that's, like, I mean, that's that's awesome. You know what I mean? If you have somebody that gets you into fishing early when you're young, um, then you kind of take it upon yourself if you're super into it. And then as far as getting into bass fishing more, like, in the tournament scene, or I guess just really kind of exploring different baits and different techniques to catch fish that would be like my buddies like i film a lot of of videos like my good buddy b-rock brock yeah like we we kind of just learned together we um we read a lot of Bassmaster magazines we watch everything on sunday morning tv and we just dicked off a lot in the boat and on the shore and we just kind of learned together so i'd probably like i'd credit who got me into fishing my mom and dad but i'd credit who pushed me to fish different and learn more would be like my buddy B-Rock and Adam Bartushik and all my other buddies kind of from high school.
0: Yeah, I like that. I kind of like how you put that into perspective where kind of where it started and then kind of the, the longevity of it.
1: Yeah, because like my parents aren't into like, you know, like they took me fishing, but they're not like into fishing, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: they just kind of they're the, the gateway for you to get introduced to the outdoors
1: totally and that's all it takes you know what i mean because like if you introduce somebody to in the outdoors or fishing and they like it then it's like man if you like something you're going to take it upon yourself and and take it to the next level or get more more into it that's kind of how that went down
0: oh 100% that that's awesome and it's cool cuz one of the reasons you know i can i guess i can speak for a big majority of why people love your channel is because you know you don't just stick to to one thing you, you don't just sit there and bass fish you, know, you you ice fish for different species you do hunting videos and you were just down south you know fishing in was it was florida correct yeah yeah you're yeah. doing you know you were doing saltwater stuff you're doing canals you you know, for largemouth and it, it's a, such a diversity there so you know when you see an upload from Sam Sobie you're like all right what's this time you know what are we going to expect here that's what's pretty cool about it
1: thank you so much for saying that i truly appreciate it and that's not like that's not just for the channel. That's not for the videos. Like me, my buddies, that's, that's been our whole upbringing. And I think that's the cool thing about at least being from the Midwest is like, we really do truly have four seasons. We have spring, we have a short summer, we have fall, and then we've got a decently long winter. So like, if you're not on your toes, changing what you're fishing for with the conditions, like you're not going to fish, you know what I mean? Because as soon as ice comes around, it's like, all right, bass fishing is over. What am I going to do? So you definitely need to, Get into ice fishing and all those other activities, which are a freaking blast as soon as you get into them. So,
0: oh, well, I think I think your state was the only state that had a true winter,
1: right? I feel like <laughs> I feel like even like in Iowa and places that aren't that farther south than me, like they did, they kind of had a mild winter.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had maybe a month of of, of safe ice.
1: Really, that uh, that's up. what I was going to ask you. Like, how much ice did you have?
0: Usually we get you know a three and a half four months, and it's it was it was really quick. I mean, I was out in the kayak catching bass in the middle of January.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> if I that's mean, a like, testament. Like what? I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Like, oh, shocks. Yeah. <laughs> <sticks> for you, <laughs> that's honestly cool though. Like, how much ice do you did you get this year, opposed to what you normally get?
0: Oh geez, I mean, I'm I was I actually. Was this was technically my first season of ice fishing of really getting into it? Just because you know I was a big hockey kid, so that's like you know that's crunch time is you know dead of winter. Yeah. Uh, So I didn't really get a chance to get fully into it, but I mean, most of our lakes had you know four to six inches. So it's
1: nice, which is plenty of safe ice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nothing too crazy, but uh, you know there was definitely a lot of times where people were posting about you know being out on sketchy ice, and we had a bunch of people fall through and some snowmobiles had to be retrieved and crazy stuff like that but you know just (laughs) kidding
1: i know so little about the fishing in new york and that's just like a section of the united states like i really haven't fished much and i'd love to so like as far as ice fishing goes like is there a lot of good lakes around there with like panfish like crappies sunnies or is it mainly pike or is it mainly bass i guess what's What's kind of the fisheries like when
0: it comes to winter fishing in New York? Oh man, dude, all of the above. Um, I and mean, nice. Adam's podcast when he came on with me, we spoke about you know fishing New York because uh, he really wants to come fish uh, Cayuga and Oneida. Um, yes, and, Yeah, and we were we were talking about the different things that New York has, and you know essentially with the Finger Lakes, we'll start theirs. you know they're they're big glacier lakes, so all they are is bowls of grass. Um. So naturally, you know, kind of trying to find fish, it can be kind of difficult, especially ice fishing, because uh, they don't have a lot to relate to. So you're kind of just, you're, you're doing your best at like a, you know, looking at the, you know, map contours and, and trying to think of what could be there. And especially if you're a local and you know of like man-made, you know, brush piles and rock piles then you know, obviously totally. that's where you're going to go. But, um, you know, it's a good mix. You know, you know, you, you see a lot of guys that go out. And, you know, you can target one species and you can target them, but like, you're still going to run it into two or three other species, you know, along the way. So it's, it's pretty interesting, you know, and, you know, like right now for us, you know, we have it from Rochester, from, you know, my standpoint, you know, I can go 30 minutes north and fish Lake Ontario for giant smallmouth, or I can oh go around the Finger Lakes around me because all the, the largemouth are moving up shallow. We're hitting the forties for water temps and. I, then I can go an hour west and I have Lake Erie, you know, two hour, two, I mean, three, four hours north and I can hit the St. Lawrence and Champlain. So it's, we're pretty spoiled over here.
1: So as far as like, obviously like, like Ontario and stuff, is a world-class smallmouth fishery, but the Finger Lakes, is that more like largemouth driven?
0: It's a, it's a happy medium of both.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a shift where it's like, you know, early season, it's, You know, it's more of a smallmouth, smallmouth game. Like right now, it's a lot of smallmouth, but you can still get on some, some. A lot of the females, actually, it's weird. A lot of the female largemouth move up, and you can catch them in one to three foot right now. And the water is only, you know, it's less than 45 degrees. Um, So you can get on a. It's a lot of smallmouth. You know, as soon as the ice is out, and then like right now, it's a happy mix of both. And then once spawn comes for the smallmouth and they're gone, you pretty much it's hard to. It's hard to catch them in the Finger Lakes. Um, you know, unless you, cause all they do is they, they hug that, um, oh, the thermal cline They don't really relate they're to anything bait. and they just swim around the whole time. I don't know if they're, s- like, like, they're just roaming. They're just roaming for bait. Roaming, oh roaming. dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched a uh, Benjamin Nowak's video of him and Alex Rudd using pan optics and just chasing smallmouth around the lake with it. That's essentially the same thing that happens in all the finger lakes
1: here. Wow. So, what's the main forge base out there in the Finger Lakes? Is it is it like bluegill or is it more shad?
0: So, some we've had like a it's we have a lot of uh, what, oh, what the heck is it called? I'm trying, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, do you have gobies? In you know in Ontario and Erie, we do. Oneida has a little bit, um, not too much. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember the name. It's blanking on me now. I can remember any other day until now. Um but basically we had a die off of this this species of shad and really it's perch is a, if you can perch is a huge forage right now especially for a smallmouth okay. um so like it, it was evident when my buddy and I went out a couple of weeks ago and he was throwing you know like a, a silver flashy like a shad imitant you know, blade bait and I was throwing a perch colored blade bait and I was getting double the amount of bites he was and it was all smallmouth where he or he was catching, you know, Lakers and kind of more of a multi species where I was really honing in the smallmouth. But the largemouth lo- loved the bluegill. So that's, that's sick. But yeah, we it's I'll have to remember the the name of the actual species that is uh that we have here of Shad that is usually good, but I don't know why I can I'm blanking on it right now.
1: You'll think of it later. And I think that's so cool as far as like becoming a better angler just like testing your skills like in new york it seems like you have a happy medium obviously of largemouth and smallmouth but like when the largemouth are keying in more on bluegills and you've got smallies that maybe can more on shad and then like they hug the thermocline like you just it seems like like anybody kind of in the north you have to be pretty diverse it's not like
0: oh yeah yeah everything ch- everything changes and you know like last yeah. year was you know last summer especially was was incredibly different than any other summers because uh you know, we had like two weeks that so we got really hot, really early temperature-wise. So all of our grass uh, grew, and it and then it dropped below freezing again and killed all of it. So we didn't have any grass for the summer. No um, so way. so if you found like be, there be was patches where it might have been you know ten to twenty foot, and there might have been only three or four patches around the whole lake, you know, you're gonna find majority of those fish congregating around those patches. You know, it's and that's where you know four to five boats were just cycling around every single day and it was, it was really tough. You know, we had like our, our, our weekly nighter tournaments that are a three fish deal go from, you know, 13 pounds for three fish to go to, you know, eight, nine pounds, which is a huge difference. Yeah. Dang. What kind of
1: grass do you have? Do you have more like milfoil or coontail or
0: cabbage or? That's a lot of milfoil.
1: Milfoil really? Yeah. Okay,
0: cool. Same here. Oh, NIDA, you do get a lot of eelgrass, which is pretty cool. That is cool because that's that's always fun to fish
1: dude I gotta get out there I seriously have to get out there
0: it's man especially like right now oh I just remember the name it's it's Alwives that's what okay. we, that's what we got uh, we do have some some lakes have some rainbow smelt too um if you get into those there, we have some lakes out here where there's uh the Lakers will chase us around and you'll you'll see in a school of them you know guys that especially troll for Lakers. They'll catch yeah. a bunch of giant smallmouth because those smallmouth will travel in packs with the lake trout.
1: No way. It,
0: it's 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 unlike anything else, man. It, it's a it's a fun fishery for New York.
1: So, would you say, like, if if I wanted to travel to New York, like the best time of year to do it would be the spring, or do you think the fall?
0: Like literally in a couple weeks. The in fall a is a blast of- too. It, it depends on, you know, what body of like we're what species especially you want to go for. If you want, you know, fatter smallmouth mouth than the fall. Um, but if you want, like, if you want to drop a dirty 30 in New York in a couple of weeks, come to Cayuga. Oh
1: my God. A dirty 30 in New York would be sick.
0: Dude. It's, it's not like it's, I mean, it's obviously not common, but like, it's yeah, not unheard it's of. Like they did a, uh, a tournament before, you know, our season opens. Cause you can't have, you know, bass in the live while out of season. Um, so they had a, a couple tournaments on Cayuga, and that, what they did is essentially it was your, your heaviest five fish, but they did, um, you know, MLF style, so you'd weigh them on the boat and then release them. But you'd still, you your best five counted. Um, and it took, you know, it took, I think it, for both of them it took 30 pounds just to get third.
1: No way.
0: They, they were, they're just giants. And when you find a school of, school of them, you know, it's all fives to sevens.
1: Just freaking rocket ships.
0: Oh, dude, you're just getting blasted. It's, uh, it's unreal. You know, it's, and what's cool too is, you know, there's a railroad that's up in the north end that you can fish on too that everyone knows about it, but like, it doesn't matter because those fish reload so fast. So if you just want to go out in a, in whack, you know, 20 pounds, 25 pounds, easy, you know, you just go up there and you'll, you'll run into a couple of fives pretty, pretty easy.
1: That's so sick, dude. And like for dudes down south like obviously they have giant large mouth and stuff like that but like for anybody who's never really smacked four five plus pounds smallmouth it's freaking so cool
0: oh dude it's it is it's nuts like i saw a a poll in one of the uh uh one of these facebook groups the other day and it was like would you rather uh how was what was it would you rather catch a big a big bag of smallmouth or largemouth and I, I think I said largemouth just because, like, in New York or, you know, even for, if you're, like, in Mille Lacs, you know, we have the Great Lakes, too. And, you know, 25 pounds of smallmouth is, I think, is way easier to come by than 30 pounds of largemouth.
1: Oh, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you get that on a school's of smallmouth. I mean, if you get it in front of their face, they're, you know, nine times out of ten, they're going to eat it. You know, where largemouth a little bit more picky. Right. Yeah. That's
1: a so dude.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, when did you? One of my favorite segments that you do with your YouTube channel was uh, it was the one of them I want to get to later was the one series, but also your know, your your Tuesday nighters, the tournament Tuesdays.
1: Yes, you know, dude. When, yes.
0: Yeah. When did that start? Um. That the actual tournaments themselves, not just the videos.
1: So the actual like tourney Tuesdays and like so they're like growing up like when I was like. Uh, 14, 15, 16, I was, like, obviously starting to get into, like, tournament bass fishing and, like, doing a couple little high school deals, and then I'd jump in, like, a Wednesday night or here or there. And then, like, my good buddy Adam and Brock, um, we would just kind of, like, all switch, like it is in the videos now, and we'd all just kind of switch off and, like, do, like, small little weekday tournaments either on Sunday mornings. There's, like, we had these one Sunday morning tournaments called Bass Pursuits that were from, like, 7 a.m. to noon, like, very short tournament, not Hmm. an all-day deal and we do those and then we do like tuesday or wednesday nighters and we just kept doing those when we were like 15 16 17 out of my buddy's red Lund boat and then out of my old bass tracker and then out of like an old little aluminum boat we just kept doing those and those like are some of the best memories in my entire life like those are everything because like a they're they're kind of around your home area so you know all those lakes and that's like you what you would consider your stomping grounds, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. like, personal, you know what I mean? Every yeah. one of those lakes you go out to, you're like, I I know this lake better than these dudes. I don't even care if I'm in a 16-foot red Lundberg. Like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dust some old guys right now. And then sometimes you just get your butt absolutely beat, and then other times, like, you're the hero. And it's just, I don't know, it's extremely competitive, yet extremely laid back. And then, like, this year, when obviously we started going really hard in the videos, um, my buddy Adam was like, you know, we need to do Turning Tuesday, and we need to capture it all. And Brock's like, I'm down, and I'm like, boys, absolutely. And it kind of turned into like a staple video series on my channel, yeah. which I really, I didn't even like, I didn't even really intend that to happen. I was fired up to be back home and do Turning Tuesdays again, and um, I'm, yeah, I, if I do Turning Tuesdays till the day I die, I'll die a happy, man.
0: Dude, <laughs> I always looked forward to those, Cause right? Just because I. So- I just love the the tournament scene in general. So like when I can, you know, watch those and watch you and Adam and kind of like how you strategize because it's they're quick tournaments. You know that the time yeah. frame you have. So like strategy is is key. You know you don't have time to make adjustments like you do in a you know, a day tournament.
1: It is like you got to catch them fast, and if you don't catch them, you, you got to throw your plan out quick and scrap something up because like it's what is Turning Tuesday again? Do they start at like five or five thirty, and they go to like eight thirty or nine? Like you don't have much time to put together five fish. Nope. And uh, it sounds like you fit a weekly tournament too. So like, I feel like the relatability factor is, is huge because there's a lot of dudes out there that are into bass fishing. There's a lot of dudes that fish local clubs and like, I know they feel the same way I do. You know what I mean? Like these are your home lakes. This is your stomping grounds.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the ones that, uh, we have one here in New York that, you know, I fished a bunch of them. I didn't do too well. But uh, it, it was it was one of those things where my buddy and I we, we stopped fishing them completely just because like it kind of got sketchy where these two guys would always trade winning each each week, and they were the only two guys that were already on the water before anybody got there, and they didn't That's do good. live they didn't do live well checks, which I thought was kind of interesting, but it was like it kind of got skeptical and people started calling people out and it was like yeah not my scene to be in anymore, yeah. so it's like you know just stuck to fun fishing and kept my $30 a week.
1: Well, dude, you need to, whether it be you or one of your buddies or somebody. you guys need to start it up again and maybe start up your own club because I feel like it wouldn't take too much. Like, start a small Facebook group, like, get a scale, like, a, a decent one from Cabela's or something like that, and, like, put together a 15-boat club team tournament. To run it.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that's, that's, that's interesting because you got a lot, of, a lot of different, you know, Attitudes and mentalities out there. So it's kind of like to create it. One, need the money. And I'm a broke college kid, but it's definitely not something I, I wouldn't not start. But it's just like dealing with some of the people that you, you have around here. It's like oh, a yeah. lot of different, you know, mentalities clashing into one.
1: <laughs> totally. And I can, like, dude, I can see that in New York, too. Like, I know you're upstate New York, but like, still. You dudes from New York. Like, you're, you're, you're just fired up. And I think oh that's a bad ass. But, like, I could see where people could get hotheads, especially bassfish run from New York. Like. Oh,
0: my gosh, yeah.
1: I could see it getting intense. It oh. gets intense around here. <laughs> yeah, dude,
0: honestly, there, there's, there's been many days where I've been out. And, uh, I usually try to avoid all of, you know, the, you know, the chaos of, you know, arguments and stuff like that. Like, I, I give people their space when I'm out and, uh. But, dude, I cannot tell you how many times in the water where I have, you know, heard people shouting and yelling at each other and talking trash, and (laughs) it's just, it's it's one of those things, like, yep, good old New York.
1: That's (laughs) hilarious. That's awesome, though.
0: Yeah. But uh, one thing I want to ask you, too, dude, is I noticed, because you kind of, like, dropped a little announcement on it, and then you posted the tournament. You did a little co-angler action recently.
1: Yes, dude, yes. And, like, they're so spread out, and um, so, yeah, I'm really, I'm fired up about it. But, um, yeah, this year I'm going to be doing all the Easterns, uh, the Bassmaster Eastern Opens as a co-angler, and I'm going to kind of be traveling with my two good buddies, and I'm going to kind of capture all that, and it's I'm really pumped for it. I've never fished any of the Opens as a co-angler or a pro, so just to kind of hop in that scene and... And do that and kind of capture that I'm, I'm really pumped for it like I fished college bass fishing and um, obviously that was through like FLW and Bassmaster so to kind of play around again back with Bassmaster is it's awesome I'm really really excited for it
0: you should be man well t- talk a little bit what was it like was that your first open
1: yeah that was my first open and that was really my first time being a co coin like uh, I've only ever really fished team tournaments before that or fished like a couple individual tournaments like just myself like where I'm driving so I've I've never like fished with somebody in the boat and we've not like been on the same team like obviously we're still rooting for each other like like I had great pros both days but like it's kind of weird because at the end of the day like you're not like a team you know like you're rooting for each other but you're not a team so it's it's a different dynamic it's a different challenge and I'm, I'm kind of excited to like do my next one and kind of see where it goes
0: Oh yeah, so you're doing all four of the Eastern?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think our next one is Cherokee, and then I'd have to look at the schedule. I forget where we go after that. I got it up right here.
0: Yeah, I got it up right here. You're coming to Nida, man. You're coming to my backyard.
1: Yes, bro. You better come. Uh,
0: That's that's the plan. Are you allowed to take? you want to practice with anybody, or what's the deal yes, there? I
1: think I can. I, we should dude, We should hop in the boat together.
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, man! I got some buddies that are fishing that. There's, there's, there's gonna be a lot of local hammers there. I will warn you, but at least dude, you, you want to deal with them because you're the co angler. Dude,
1: I would. Dude, I'd love to hop in the boat with you tonight night. We're gonna make that happen. Let's do it. Cool.
0: Yeah, that, that's. the cool. no, I don't. But that, oh, dude, those fish in August—that's gonna be really interesting, because yeah, like I like exactly. I told you, it's gonna be—they're uh, gonna be just schools of just you know—they're gonna be wolf packs traveling around. That's one of those things, especially in August on Oneida, they just move around constantly. They're never in the same spot, so that's why uh, you know if you're winning on day one in August in New York, <laughs> you know that doesn't mean you're gonna win it.
1: Yeah, totally. And the one thing I think I'm I'm pumped about for Oneida, especially as a co-angler, is it's like I feel like obviously smallmouth and just the way it might set up, it'd be easier to compete as a co-angler opposed to, like, if it was just, like, punching mats in Florida where, like, you're you're probably getting backseated most of the day. In Oneida, I feel like, dude, if you're fishing a piece of structure and you're in the, the boat, you are at no way at a disadvantage. So...
0: Oh man, Oneida is a blast because especially if you got if you get a boater that hits the shoals, you know it's not going to matter where you are in the boat. Those shoals they cruise all over it all day long. But it'd be That's interesting sick. because you know you can win you can win on largemouth there if you can if you can find them. You know, That's sick. There's largemouth in a very small piece of the lake, so it's pretty much you know first come first serve. But uh, yeah. you know, there's. It's kind of weird how that lake sets up, we could talk about that, you know, more later. It's, uh, it's a pretty interesting lake how it how it works. Um, but what do you
1: think it'd take a day?
0: A day like on Oneida?
1: A boater a for five.
0: A boater uh, for five, 16 a day.
1: Sixteen, okay, that's cool. That's a
0: good bet. I would say it's a safe bet, sixteen. It's probably all going to be smallmouth, but I wouldn't be shocked if you know they can find a consistent bite if you know they got an all largemouth. Totally. Another, you know, one other body of water, you know, it doesn't rel- it doesn't relate to Bassmaster, but Major League Fishing going up to the river, you know, yeah. I would not be surprised to see the winner come out of there with largemouth.
1: Dude, that'd be kind of that'd be hardcore if somebody just dropped some serious weight there and went all the way to the river.
0: Dude, there is a lot. There is a huge population of three to five pound largemouth up in St. Lawrence. Dang. I don't know if you Yeah, if you watched the Saint Lawrence River with Bassmasters last year, Hunter Shriak oh, yeah. came he, he Hunter Shryock came and weighed in twenty two pounds of largemouth and they were all like which lake did you go to? Like did you go to the river? Like <laughs>
1: Right. He kinda jump fished like his individual videos. and like, he just kinda jumped fished docks and stuff and kinda just he had a little smallmouth deal going, but he just played it by ear and fished the way he fished docks and it was it was cool. It-
0: yeah. Yeah, you know one thing that was cool that he said is uh, because they were asking him, you know, why'd you go for largemouth? And he's just like, well, I was going around trying to fish for smallmouth, and I just didn't feel comfortable, so I had to go back to what I feel comfortable doing. And then he dropped twenty two pounds of a species that you rarely ever see on the river.
1: That's so weird, dude. That's so cool.
0: I mean, talk about you know playing your confidence though. I mean, that's that's the epitome right there.
1: Right, and I feel like. That's that's one cool thing with tournament angling. Like you go to a different place or a different state, and you think like, oh man, like I'm I've never fished here. I'm outmatched. There's local hammers, but it's like, dude, just just go fish the way you like to fish. Fish your stuff and hammer down. Put your head down and catch five. And like it definitely panned out for him that way. That's why I think it's it's so cool with such a large field of Bassmaster, and they all have different styles. Like that's why it's fun to watch Bass Live and stuff like that.
0: Oh, dude, 100%. And it's it's one of those things where I was talking to um, Adam Wee the other night. He's another Opens guy, and uh, we were talking about, you know, you when, when it comes to tournament time, you know, you play your confidence, you know. If you want to try something new, you don't do that in a tournament. You do that on your fun fishing time. You know, right. And so many people kind of think that they have to be well-versed in every single avenue of fishing, but, you know, you look at, one of the biggest examples we brought up was, like, John Cox, you know. He hates fishing yeah, deep. He refuses to, and he's still one of the best there is.
1: Isn't that crazy? Like, he is—he truly has, like, etched that mark in, like, bro, if, if you like to fish this way and you're good at it, go do it. And he just he proved that without even having the front graphs on his boat, just like, I'm just going to go fishing and catch him. Yeah. And he, did, and he does everywhere.
0: Yeah, it was like when he won Chickamauga, they were like, yeah, it's going to be one deep, 100%. Like, you can't win this shallow over, you know, three, four days. And he's like, watch me. Yeah,
1: he's like, he's like, yeah, watch me. He's like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's fine. I'll just
0: do it. Just walks up on stage, drops the mic. That is all. <laughs>
1: he's a beast, bro. He's oh, such
0: a beast. 100%, man. So what's uh, the... What- What's the plan then for with these, you know, being a co angler with the opens? Do you have a, a destination in mind or are you just kinda of doing it for fun?
1: Um to be honest, like I'd like to I'd like to kind of get a feel for it as a co and play around, but I definitely I'd like to enter it as a pro in the future, a hundred percent. Like that's that's on the table. I'd love to do that. Um I'd love to capture the whole thing too um obviously i know there's been people that have kind of done that before they've kind of fished a and captured it. Some, somebody like a hunter but i don't know i feel like they haven't I, I feel like they haven't captured it totally even especially from the co-angler side like i feel like that story hasn't been told so i'd love to do it i'd love to capture it and um i'd love to share it so i'm really excited about it all yeah, I
0: think, I think that would be awesome. I mean, somebody of your, your skill set, not only in the fishing world, but also with the filming and, the, and, you know, photography, that whole deal. You know, I think the only person who's come close to it right now is, you know, and just had their first tournament, you know, Scott Martin. I think he's the only one that's going to have, you know, at the moment, at least a full kind of exclusive into how that, that tournament runs. And I think you take your skill set and puts you in that position. It could be an incredible video.
1: Thank you for saying that, dude. I appreciate that. And obviously, like, besides the tournament or just, I guess, besides catching the five fish where you are every day, like, there's so much other stuff, obviously, that you know and a bunch of other people know that go on during these tournaments or different things like that. And it's like, that's never shown. You know what I mean? Like, and, and one thing I'm going to bring up is, like, my first my first Open, which was in Florida, like, my second day, I got paired with a guy named uh, Daisuke Kita. And Dude it like this is a story in itself and I did not do a good job capturing it like dice kate spoke zero English I'm talking Zero wow so like everything from like getting paired with him to hopping in the boat with him to fishing with him like there was such a language barrier Yet we were like on the same page communicating and it was like we were laughing the whole day It was it was freaking hilarious. It was awesome
0: That's incredible man
1: yeah, it was it was so crazy. Like, right away, I got paired with him, and like, you get each other's phone numbers and you like text each other, like, all right, oh, I'll meet no. you at the ramp at 5.30, <laughs> And like, I got paired with him. I texted him and said, um, Hey, how's it going, Dice K? Um, my name is Sam. Uh, is there a specific time you'd like me at the ramp? Is there a specific portion of the ramp that you're going to back in at? And he just like replies with like a very generic text and a picture. And I'm like, okay. And then the next morning, like, tournament morning, he starts texting me, like, no words, just pictures. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, he doesn't speak English. Like, okay, I put everything together. I was like, okay, okay, I see your pictures. I'm matching everything up, and and we found each other, and we made it work. So, like, (laughs) I mean, I give a huge shout-out for him to come and, like, fish the Bassmaster Opens and and barely speak the language and, like, compete and, like – to do that over in Japan, like I feel like I'd be so lost, but he's doing it here and he's doing just fine. So that's that was a crazy story, and I I wish I would have captured better.
0: Oh, dude, he was definitely getting you on that that Google Translate,
1: <laughs> right? 100.
0: <laughs> <100%. laughs> that that's incredible though, because like that's a testament to just you know chasing a passion, chasing a dream. You know, like he's he's a living proof right there. And then there's a few other guys in the pros that. <laughs> Our living testament of that as well. You know, it's totally. one thing that's kind of cool, though. Cool for you is you know, you were so cool about that. Where there's probably a lot of people that wouldn't have handled that very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was like, I, man, I was pumped for it. I was like, heck yes, it's a new experience. Let's dive into this. He was super friendly right away, and I was like, dude, we're gonna have a great day, and it was. It was a great day.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, if you can, anytime you can walk away from you know the ramp whether you, you you whacked him or you skunked him if you have a smile on your face that's all that matters
1: right it was so cool like at the end of the day like uh <laughs> he like he opened up his boxes and like everything i do and everything he does we kind of like we're like slow reaction because i don't know exactly what he's doing and he doesn't know exactly what i'm doing because like we can't talk about it obviously yeah but he, at the end of the day he gave me like five of these Japanese crankbaits that he makes himself and he was just like just like you know like so oh it's so nice to meet you Sam like you did for you for you (laughs) and I was like no you do not have to do that you know you do not thank you so much Daisuke and he's like no for you you are so nice for you and I was like dude that is so sick like to get some Japanese baits and create a new memory with a new dude like that like it it was awesome
0: oh dude does he have social media
1: yeah, dude, he does. He's like pretty, pretty active on social media too. So like I followed him and, and actually on Instagram, there's like a, a C translation button, which is insane And has this, So every one of his posts is like, you know, wicked Japanese symbols. And like, I found this out the night before I was like creeping on him. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> of course I was like, who is this guy? So I creeped down and I'm like, Oh my gosh and his, his whole Instagram is just like a bunch of wicked symbols and you hit C translation and you can like see exactly what he's saying in English and it's pretty cool
0: That's we're, we're going to have to uh, offline here, we're going to have to get his handle so we can put it in the description for everybody
1: yes, yes, Dice K Kita. I'll definitely shoot it to you
0: heck yeah, that, that's going to be sick I'm going to have to check him out oh, that's yeah, so cool he's, dude
1: he's competing in Japan right now Like, I think he's got a boat in the US and a boat in Japan and he's he's competing all over
0: Man's living lavish.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: (laughs) Getting some Lake B-Y action, getting some Chicken Maw action, you know. All right, I see you. (laughs) So what is, you know, we're coming up on almost 45 minutes here. I don't want to keep you for too long tonight, but uh, I'm curious, you know, when you look at your life, you know, five, ten years from now, now that you have this, this YouTube thing that's growing for you, you're now well, joining the, the open as a co-angler and you want to see where that goes. You know, where do you see yourself in, in so let's say five years?
1: That's crazy. And that's a crazy action like question asked like I ask myself that all the time. Like everything moves so fast with like media and social media and everything's moved so fast for myself over the past like two, three years that like to know exactly where I'm gonna be or even have an idea, like I, I don't know the answer to that question. What I would like to be doing is just doing the same thing I'm doing, just potentially at a higher level. Like I'd like to be keep competing in bigger tournaments. Like I told you, I'd like to be doing more series, uh, more series that are meaningful that not only highlight myself but other anglers and their skill sets. Um, at the end of the day, like if I'm just fishing and filming and making putting it up there, and people are enjoying it, like that's a one to me. That would be that would be dream come true if I'm doing basically what I'm doing. Just at a higher level in like five years.
0: That's incredible. I hope I hope you achieve that. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome you. that you're at the point and you're this young where it's like you love what you do that much that so all you want to do is just become better at it and you'll know, take it to another level.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate of that.
0: Of course. You know, and you know, is a testament to a lot of other people too. You know, thank you because like honestly, your stuff, you know, fuels a lot of other people to create their channels like. I'm sure you've seen it in your comments of people saying, you know, like I created a channel and I started doing this, started fishing this and that because of, you know, the stuff that you post.
1: Totally. And and I get that question a lot. Like, uh, I bought a GoPro. I'm thinking about starting a channel. Should I? Or how do I start a channel or should I? Is it worth it? And, like, dude, anybody that says that after me, I'm always like, yes, do it, yes. Not not if you're trying to do it for a living, not if you're trying to create epic content. Like, if you have a GoPro or even an iPhone, like, and you have any sort of interest at all in capturing your adventures, fishing, hunting outdoors or buddies do it and post it to YouTube. Even if it's for no one else, but yourself, because like do it in five years, it's going to be incredible to look back and like kind of relive those experiences. Cause like, like anything you go out fishing, you have a good time. Maybe you get a picture out of it and like you remember it, but you don't really remember everything that went down. But when you have a video of it, whether it be just dicking around with your buddies or something crazy you caught like to have a platform you can post to for free and to go back and watch it like tomorrow the next day a year from now like that's incredible so for anybody that has a phone or a gopro that wants to start a channel i'd be like dude start it post it you'll you'll never regret it 100 percent.
0: oh yeah dude that's so many people do i do that myself you know i post it just to go back and, and watch it again and not just to relive it, but for me, I started it because of, uh, I wanted to use it as some, sort of a diary where I can look back and be like, okay, these patterns worked in this these conditions, you know. Right? just because I'm lazy and I don't want to write everything down in a journal. So I was like, okay, GoPro is probably easier. But like, you know, the one thing, because I've had a few people ask me the same question, and it's basically what I tell them is like, yeah, definitely do it. But like, the biggest thing is like, you know, when it feels like a chore, don't do it, you know, be passionate about it. If you're passionate about it, do it. But if you're not, then You know, it's kind of taking the fun out of fishing if you're just wasting time. You know, with a camera. If you're passionate about it, then 100% do it.
1: Totally. And like, I think about this all the time. Like, even and and there's like there's a lot of negativity around like uh, whether it be social media or stuff like that. And and I do think there's there's a balance in life you should have. But like, I think Facebook and Instagram and YouTube are so cool in the sheer fact that you can look back. see what you were doing two years from now or the fish you're catching or how you're fishing or what you were wearing or the buddies you're hanging with like that's so crazy like my grandpa fished his whole life and i've seen one picture of him holding the pike like spearing like from way back in the day and i love that picture that's so cool like i think that's so sweet to check out what my grandpa looked like when he was 19 years old um going spearing with his buddies like if i had a whole instagram feed to scroll through my grandpa's or a facebook page or a youtube channel like that would be so sick
0: oh my god! so i don't know just
1: to do it like that like like you know what i mean
0: yeah that's that's nuts (laughs) just it's crazy to think about
1: right like like your kids and your grandkids bailey like they're gonna be able to go back and listen to you do these podcasts that you did and they're gonna be like holy smokes like that's awesome you know that's my grandpa
0: Imagine how much more history we would have known if they had Facebook and Instagram back in the day. Right? <laughs> Picture like a like a Hitler's Instagram, like he's going live while he's destroying <laughs> the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Like things were bad today. Thinking about committing suicide.
0: <laughs> oh shit, they caught me. This is the end. <laughs> Puts things in perspective, but right. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, dude, because I'm I'm curious. You mentioned that you know Minnesota, where you where you live, has essentially four seasons. You know, yeah. what's your favorite?
1: Oh, dude, that's so like that's such a tough question. Like Dropping I'm definitely bombs, gonna honey. answer it. Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna an- answer it. Summertime, like summertime, Minnesota is my favorite. Bass fishing is definitely my favorite. And I like, I I actually enjoy fishing deep the most. So like fishing deep rocks, fishing deep weeds, fishing slow for bass is probably my favorite. But like, at the same token, I love spring fishing. And I love fall fishing. I love like when the leaves turn colors, and he starts smoking smallies and largies on moving baits, it just gets weird and crazy and awesome. And at the same token too, I love early ice. Like I love chase some big crappies early ice. So that's that's tough. I enjoy them all. They're all different. But um, if I had to pick one, it would probably just be straight up like July, Minnesota, or late July.
0: I like it. I like it. Are we going to see a continuation of uh, the one series?
1: <sighs> um, Did you ask Adam this question?
0: I think I might have. What did he say? Trying to recall, I know he reposted something to His uh, his YouTube, and that was like your your intro to it. Not his YouTube, yeah. his Instagram.
1: I will. I literally, I've I've told no one this, and I will tell no one this. Besides this podcast, um, there will be another The One series. You might not see it this fall, but just know it's happening, and it's gonna be way bigger, way badder, and insane. It's gonna be. A giant, giant production. It's going to be a really big deal. We've been, I've been kind of working on it with Adam and uh, a couple other buddies, and we're kind of planning and formulating a large production behind it, and it's it's going to be really big. It's going to be really, really big.
0: Oh, man. You, you got me hyped, but now I'm, like, annoyed because I have to wait.
1: I know, dude, and like, beyond this podcast, I'm not speaking on that, so if anybody says, is there going to be another one series, I'm just going to be like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Who knows? You're just no I'm announcement, not. no nothing whatsoever, just drops it on YouTube, says nothing.
1: Right, but there there will be, there will be.
0: That's awesome. Sweet. I, I'm excited. I always love the one series, because, like, you always, like, guide it in a way where you didn't know if you guys were actually going to catch them or not, and it's like, yeah. uh so it's like you're you're going there with anticipation like oh is this it is this the one are they going to do it you know
1: right and it's like obviously I I put a lot of thought and time behind like the production end of it and the story end of it but I'm really I really and people always say like are you storyboarding stuff out or is this like how, how far ahead do you go in the production process or like what's I guess how do you structure out this whole series and I'm like the structure of this series was really just how it went down and that's exactly how i wanted it to be you know what i mean we, we really went out there i don't know if we're gonna do this i don't know if we're gonna get this uh we've never fished these lakes and i just tried to capture it as purely as it happened and um that's that's what i captured and that's what went down so and that's what i think the beauty is behind youtube and not just like normal television is like we're just capturing this as it goes down whether it's good or bad or ugly or awesome or beautiful like this is what happens and, and that's what i caught on camera
0: awesome, dude. I'm excited for it. I can't wait. But it's
1: going to be sick. I would I would love to come out to New York and potentially hunt for it. Um, that would be cool. What,
0: what's the goal? What, over seven?
1: It was seven, but I think... I, I'd like to almost have, like, two goals. Like, a goal that you think is just almost unachievable, like, potentially a seven, and then, like, another goal, like, being your personal best.
0: Okay. What, what's your PB?
1: Uh, my PB Smalley. I think it's, like... Six three or six four. Okay. So it's not Jeez. even yeah, it's not even six and a half.
0: Okay. I mean, you could go out on, on Erie or Ontario and break that within a week or two. I mean, I can't guarantee you in a day, but you could you right? could definitely break. I mean, yeah, guys are catching mid sevens a bunch last season.
1: Isn't that cr- dude? That's crazy to me, and that's not just crazy to me. That's crazy to everybody. Like, oh dude, yeah, <laughs> mid seven smallmouth come. And happen nowhere but except like where you are.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can go down to like Del Hollow and go after another world record. Yeah, <laughs> those things at eleven pound smallmouth, I couldn't even imagine.
1: No, that like I don't, I don't even know what that looks like. I can't think about that.
0: <laughs> but uh, so YouTube aside, uh, maybe not aside, but you know, you you said that you have some plans for YouTube, and then you have the opens coming up. Are there any other plans for 2020 that you're allowed to announce um
1: i just i don't think i'm gonna announce anything specific because i really i, I try to keep it under wraps like i don't even i don't tell my girlfriend my parents my buddies anything what's going down because i kind of want it to be surprised but i just just know 2020 i'm gonna be hitting the lake I'm going to be filming harder than ever, um, hopefully with a lot more new and creative people too, that are just fired up to get after it like me, and uh, I'm just, I'm going to try to bring, I'm going to bring the fire to YouTube,
0: Heck I am. yeah, dude, I can't wait. I'm let's
1: going to bring go. the fire, it's going to be good.
0: 100%, man, I'm hyped, let's go, dude.
1: I know, dude, I'm hyped too, thank you so much. I can hear it in your
0: voice, you sound like you're getting chills already. I know. Yeah, get pumped. that boat loaded up, head to New York, man. a
1: couple podcasts on and make that 16 hour drive like
0: there you go i'll tell you right now my buddy went out today and uh out on uh i want to announce it just because he likes to keep his stuff private but uh on a very popular body of water here in new york and got on 96 bass today and had over 20 pounds easy
1: stop it dude you
0: can't even and the best part about it it was all on a jerk bait Stop
1: it! (laughs) Stop it, okay. See, like, this goes back to what you asked, like, what what do you like about the four seasons? And, like, there is something extremely special about getting on just a nappy, dirty, jerkbait bite in the spring.
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah.
1: So sick, dude.
0: I can't. I'm going in the morning, so I hope I have the same thing.
1: That's so sick. Was he in his kayak?
0: No, he's on a boat. I'll be in my kayak, though, tomorrow.
1: That's sick. What kind of kayak do you have?
0: I have a Wilderness Systems Radar One Thirty Five, so it's a it's a pedal drive.
1: And you like it? You like? I, I like. like Much more experienced kayak fisherman than me, so like, kind of give me the rundown of your kayak, quick, if you so, have time. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's like a it's like a thirteen and a half foot. It's a pedal drive. Um, it's got decent storage, uh, pretty comfy seat. The only the only thing I would change on it um, is just a, a bigger front end, just so I can have a little bit more leg room. Um, okay. just cause yeah, I like it a little bit wider. It is kind of skin, skinnier side. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it the thing it flies, it tracks well, it does the job. Like I can put all my, you know, I can put six to eight rods on it. Uh, I can That's bring, you know, I mean, my, my crate that I have with me is all decked out. Uh, it's, it's really about, you know, personalization, you know, what you can do to organize things. Um, totally. But yeah, just I like it overall because it's on the cheaper side for uh, a pedal drive. You know, not, it's not like the Hobies now where they're like four yeah, or no. five grand. Um, but just deck space for me is probably the only drawback I have.
1: And and say say the name of it again. It's a Wilderness
0: Wilderness Systems. It's the the model is the Radar One Thirty Five.
1: Okay. Nice. I'll remember that.
0: Yeah, I can shoot you some photos and stuff. How I rig it up later.
1: Definitely, dude. Because like, I'm addicted to kayak fishing. I think it's awesome, and I'm like, I'm still getting into it myself. But to get a semi-affordable kayak that is still like kind of good is that's like my goal right now. Like that'd be really cool.
0: Oh yeah, dude, 100. I, and I can show you some different models and stuff if you're interested, and point you in the right direction of a of what's the that's new and up and coming. Totally. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it, man. But uh, I don't want to keep you for too long, so I'm gonna we're gonna do our little last segment here, which I like to do with uh, everybody who comes on. And uh, I got two questions to cap yes. off the podcast. Are you ready?
1: Yes, absolutely. Fire away.
0: Okay. Question numero uno is if you could invite any three people to dinner to sit down and pick their brain, who would they be and why?
1: Oh, my gosh. Do they have to be fishing people, or they could be anybody?
0: Anybody, past or present, doesn't have to be fishing industry. Oh,
1: man. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Um. Wow.
0: It's tough. Maybe,
1: uh, okay, one, this kind of touches close to home to you. I think one person I'd invite to dinner uh, would potentially be Mike Iaconelli. Okay. I think he. He's crazy, he's wild, he's out there He's been in the tournament game so long He's seen so much He's got his fingers in so much um, He's an amazing angler He's amazing at marketing, amazing with his brand um, Amazing at just kind of Everything he does and touches So to have a dinner with him And just kind of see How he's seen the industry change And how he's adapted so well to it I'd love to have dinner with him He's, he's person number one Okay, I like it Um. Call anybody? Oh, person number two. Um. Hmm.
0: Yeah, like a childhood hero, somebody looked up to growing up, kind of deal. Uh,
1: dang. um Dang. Um. That's tough, dude. Like, I'm thinking, like, I'm trying to think past fishing. Like, my mind is so on fishing right now. Give me, can, do we have time on the podcast oh, yeah. give me a solid ten seconds? Let me just think. Of if it. you got
0: time, seconds. I got time.
1: Yes, okay. I Give me ten seconds. So, everybody who's listening right now, I just want you to just sit back, take a drink or a bite of whatever you're eating right now, and just give <laughs> me ten seconds to think.
0: I'll, I'll cue okay. the Jeopardy music. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, okay. I, I, I have the two other people. Okay. It might not be what I think in an hour from now, because I know an hour from now I'm just going to be chilling and be like, should have definitely had dinner with him.
0: Dude, but, it happens every <laughs> single time.
1: <laughs> right. Okay, so two people. Uh, person number one, um, after Mike Iconelli, uh it would be an athlete named Joe Nathan. He was like a a closing pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was, yeah he was super intense if any of you guys are into baseball out there maybe you know him I don't know he was just like growing up I loved watching him and he was so intense and it seemed like he was so in the zone and focused when he was actually out there in the mound that like I don't know it captivated me and like whether I'm filming or fishing I really like I try to I try to kind of tunnel zone and really get in the zone like Joe so uh, to have dinner with him and be like just kind of pick his brain on dude like what separates you from practice to in the game would be it'd be an awesome conversation to have so i think i'd have it with him i like that and last person i think i'd have to dinner would be an author um his name is gary paulson's i think or parsons he wrote like the hatchet okay he wrote a bunch of different other books they're all like wilderness books everything from like Survival, some fiction, some nonfiction, and he's just—he was an incredible author. I grew up kind of reading him. I'm not like a huge reader, by the way, guys. Like I'm, like, dude, I do video. <laughs> like I read never. I can barely read. So <laughs> to have dinner with an author, author, like you know, like I definitely read his books and enjoyed him. So to have dinner with him, that'd be my third person, I think.
0: I like that. I think that's the second author I've ever had on this podcast, and I ask that question every time. I think Mark Twain <laughs> is the other one. That somebody's Mark Twain
1: would be amazing to have dinner with too.
0: And yeah, there's there's a lot of cool. I think the person who has been mentioned the most is either Kevin Van Dam or Teddy yeah. Roosevelt.
1: Dude, Teddy Roosevelt's an incredible individual.
0: It would be nuts to pick his brain. Talk yeah, about the ultimate outdoorsman.
1: Totally, man. Like created like, parks. You know what I mean? He created public lands. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's he'd be crazy. Has anybody ever asked you the question like right back at you? Like who would you have dinner with
0: a few a few times people have asked that yeah
1: has it changed or is it the same
0: it always changes dude all the time
1: okay fire him off fire him off real
0: quick oh god okay um let's see oh i i'm gonna have to say first one paul walker i've been on a i've been on a fast and furious grind and i would have loved to just pick his brain a little bit before you know the crash
1: totally like dude he's an icon
0: oh 100 percent I, I think he would be cool to talk to just because like he actually like, outside of in you know, the movies he, he actually was into racing yeah so he's absolutely. like you no know, fear of death so <laughs> it'd be kind of interesting to see his mentality um I'm trying to think hmm oh crap
1: and don't answer how you've answered in the past answer like who you would legit invite to dinner right now
0: okay let me let me Trying to think, there's Gee, oh, what is his name?
1: Again.
0: What is his name? Crap!
1: Explain who he is.
0: Oh, he's the uh, oh. he, he's one of the Medal of Honor winners. Actually, he was on um, Lunker's oh. TV's videos. Oh, his name's uh, on the tip of my tongue. I, I follow him on social media.
1: Dude, 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 dude. i oh, dude, I've been hunting and fishing with this dude.
0: You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh, um, I'm, I'm pulling up Instagram right now. Why can I not think of him?
0: Yeah, I can't think of him either, but I would love oh. to talk to him.
1: Oh, dude, he's a super cool dude.
0: It's like his his Instagram posts, and I, I listened to his podcast he did with Joe Rogan, and yeah, it, it literally, it changes your perspective on life.
1: Are you talking about Dakota Meyer?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's the man. Not only a certified badass, but, like, he'll, like, the way, like, one thing that kind of, I mean, there's so many different facets where he kind of impacted, you know, how my viewpoints are with things, but, like, how him and his his ex-wife are, like, still in each other's lives every day just because they acknowledge that, you know, war changed him, and he just wasn't the same guy, and obviously, like, doing certain things that are better for each other, but also still doing stuff, you know, that's good for their kids, like, like, just like the personal sacrifices they make, and like being able to be human and accept certain things, and not just be petty. It's like totally. It kind of gives you like a reinstatement of humanity.
1: Totally, dude. Going to dinner with any Medal of Honor winner would be like top notch. And to say he's a certified badass would be like probably an understatement. He is definitely a certified badass, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, that easily, easily, one hundred percent. And uh, I guess I'll do a fishing one then. To, honestly, I would love to talk to Gary Yamamoto, dude. Right. That would be cool. How <laughs> about
1: a guy who's seen all facets of the industry? Yeah,
0: And
1: changed it too himself. Yeah. Like he's changed the industry.
0: Literally, <laughs> I mean the the one bait that literally everyone has rigged up on their boat during a tournament,
1: and it will literally catch bass everywhere, everywhere. Like, <laughs> like you could create the dopest bait ever and you could definitely find a state or a lake that it wouldn't work but like you could not throw a Gary Yamamoto Cinco, um anywhere and not get bit you know what i mean if you throw it long enough
0: yeah i, I think yeah and a testament to that too is just how versatile it is you can do anything with it
1: right like talk about a bait that truly changed bass fishing
0: that yeah. is yeah 100 percent yes that you would that'd be that. my three okay.
1: That'd be a super good pick.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I'm I'm proud of myself for picking that.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like I'm like I'm thinking my life choices now after hearing your three I'm like, I, need, I need to get new friends. I need to invite
0: better people to dinner. <laughs> Taking shots at <laughs> Adam right now. <laughs> that's funny. No, You're probably awesome. gonna get a text from him as soon as he he listens to this.
1: That's funny. Right. How come you didn't invite me to do?
0: This? <laughs> yeah, right? That's funny. No all right man
1: thank you so much for having me on here and thank everybody that listens and um seriously thank you um there's not enough people out there right now uh doing podcasts that are kind of revolved around the outdoor industry and fishing in general so for you to have one and not only just have it but to stick with it so hard and get such a diverse group of people on here all the time like it's it's awesome content seriously it is so Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course. And, you know, thank you. You know, you're busy as all hell. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and talk to me.
1: Absolutely, dude.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, myself aside, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to appreciate, you know, just, you know, you speaking and, and listening to you and taking things you you say, you know, people take your stuff with uh, a lot of credibility. So it's, you know, it's not just myself. that's thankful. So I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much, dude.
0: Of course. Well, Man, hopefully we'll – I want to do a, a Minnesota podcast. I've been joking with Rich and, and Adam down the road, and, you know, like Chad Smith, and having you guys on and talking about you know, having the Minnesota boys. So if that's something you're interested in, we should definitely set that up. The Dude, absolutely, road.
1: no jokes. Let's get it dialed in. Let's do it. I'm
0: always game. All right, man. Sweet. Well, I uh, hope you guys get some open water soon. Hope, <laughs> yeah. hope you guys can actually get out and get on some fish. So uh, – all right, man. You stay safe. You get on some fish. Hopefully, it's the weather gets warmer for you, and I uh, appreciate you coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Bailey. The night. All
0: right, man. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a blast. That was so awesome to get Sam on here. He's been somebody that I personally, and I know I can speak for a lot of people that have watched his channel, Uh, Pretty much from the one of the beginning, you know, when he was real small, um, you know, like subscriber wise. And, uh, you know, somebody who I've enjoyed watching, I've learned from um, who somebody I've looked up to because not only is he good at what he does and his talents, but he is a very good person um, on and off the lake. You know, people, you know, he's he's a great angler. He's very talented, but he's also a good human. And that's the one thing I really appreciate about appreciate about him and uh, his content. So, if you guys aren't already, if you if you are not already, you probably live under a rock. But go down to his descript- uh, the description below and follow him on YouTube and Instagram and everything that we mentioned earlier. You need to go subscribe and follow to his social media. You will not regret it. And uh, I can't remember the name of the guy because I don't think I can pronounce it. So apologies to you if you are listening. Um, the boater for Sam, uh, down in Florida that he mentioned, we talked about, um, dice some, I can't remember the last his, uh, page will be linked down below. Go follow him too. Cause I'm about to go hop on the phone and, uh, try to f- find him and, uh, go follow his stuff as well. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want to, uh, keep, keep listening to these, you can find us on YouTube here. So subscribe to hybrid outdoors. Uh, as well as you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor app, the Angler app, pretty much everything. So appreciate you guys listening, for watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, guys. I just want to say thank you for listening to my podcast in its entirety. With that being said, if you'd like to support the Serious Angler podcast, please head to my page and click support. Any amount really helps me be able to create content for you guys. And also helps me you know, pay the bills, which gives me more time to make podcasts for you guys. Thank you guys again for listening to the Serious Angler Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it, and if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.